This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On another uh, issue that arose earlier today, Doug Ford got booed, and apparently uh, that is trending worldwide now on Twitter. Alyssa Freeman is, of course, our go-to person when it comes to all matters PR and pop culture related. She's a media expert. Alyssa, what did you make of that uh, reception for Doug Ford? Oh, that was, you know what, I think that any time a politician gets up to speak in front of a large crowd, you know, there is that uh, tendency for him or her to be booed. And I think this was the last place, the last stage that uh, Premier Ford wanted to have that happen. Well, yeah, he wasn't asked to speak per se. Now, uh, the prime minister did and the mayor did. I'm just wondering who established the protocol where the premier was overlooked or maybe he uh, recused himself. But the the crowd uh, having... I guess, uh, expressed themselves this way. I mean, it wasn't like uh, it was total delirium for the prime minister either, or the mayor for that matter, but getting booed, uh, do we impute anything of significance from that? Or is it possible that, you know, it's just a flavor of the month, he's or disflavor of the month, and (laughs) maybe his base uh, was too busy working and they weren't attending the rally? I don't know. How do you see it? I see it as sort of death by a thousand cuts here. You know, there's been two other occasions previous to this within the last four to six weeks where Doug Ford has been booed. I remember one was at the, um, I think it was the Special Olympics uh, luncheon, and then there was one other. So here's the third one in a row. And it's not like people are keeping count, but I am. And you can discern that there might be a bit of uh, dissatisfaction. And I guess I would have to disagree with you because I think that this would be a crowd that might um, applaud Doug Ford. And, and I found it I found it surprising uh, on that sort of organic yet visceral reaction. And the fact that it's trending too, John, that doesn't do him any favors either. Well, all right. Or is it just possible it's now become fashionable and uh, some folks don't even know uh, why they're reacting the way they are? It's just, you know, some people look. I'll give you, for instance, from the sporting world. You've got people like Gary Bettman, uh, commissioner of the NHL, uh, Roger Goodell, commissioner of the NFL. Likewise, when they're handing out either the Vince Lombardi trophy or the Stanley Cup, they get soundly booed uh, and Yet, you know, the owners love them because uh, they're making them a whole lot of money. So, I mean, it's is it really indicative of anything that's going on <laughs> or is it just yeah. fashionable to, uh, you know, boo the person? I don't know. I mean, when you say Roger Goodell, I have no love loss for Roger Goodell in terms of his policies. Uh, Gary Bettman has, I mean, if you follow sports, I mean, yeah, he's had to make some tough calls. But again, not an extremely likable kind of guy. So you give me those two examples and I'm like, mm-hmm. That sounds about right. So do I think it's fashionable? Yeah. I mean, some people automatically think that when there's an authoritarian figure in front of them and uh, they want to show their displeasure, then they're going to boo them. But if there is some sense of them that they feel that is beloved, that they feel that has done good for them, whether it's for the city or the province or for the team, then they're not getting booed. So, I, I, you know, there might be uh, it might be a bit of a social structure type of thing, uh, too, that causes people to boo. But I don't think that that's the case with Doug Ford. So, I don't know. I mean, you can try and poo-poo this away, but uh, my gut feeling is is that people need to stay, um, his people need to stay on top of uh, sort of this real organic reaction. Well, how do you change things then and uh, maybe reverse the current of unpopularity here? It looks like it's a snapshot, as you're saying, and uh, is there any remediation? 
I think that some of the things that uh, Premier Ford and his government have been putting forth have been in reaction to more unpopular policies. So then there was the cuts with, you know, to city budgets. There was the cuts to health care. And then to offset that, he says, okay, well, let's sell booze in corner stores. Um, and then there's cuts to education. I think that the voter sees through a lot of that, sees through. I mean, if, they, if these sort of corner store uh, liquor policies were coming in on, on their own and not as a, a way of deflecting against potential bad news, then I think that people would react to them differently. But I think that the Ontario voters see them as ways of deflection and that they feel that they can't be duped. So, I, I you know, just water cooler conversation and, and looking uh, on Twitter when some of these things come out and you see people sort of, um, you know, gut reaction, uh, they're not happy. So I think that, uh, you know, when you walk into, uh, after being elected with that with sort of making up policies on the fly, I think that that's, you know, hurting him. And I think there needs to be a little bit more research and a little bit more forethought when putting and having your key messages really, really solid versus always being back on your heels and always having to react to the negativity. That has really been an Achilles heel for him. All right. Interesting. Uh, the snapshot that uh, exposed itself earlier this afternoon when the premier was introduced from the stage at Nathan Phillips Square. Alyssa Freeman is a PR and pop culture media expert. We appreciate your weighing in, Alyssa. Thank you. Thank you, John. All right. Let me grab a call or two before we get to our panel. Joan, you've been waiting to opine on this. Why Ford got booed? What was your sense for it? Or well, take- I think that Mr. Ford is Mayor F- uh, Premier Ford, sorry, is the bitter pill that we swallow uh, swallow after we have a disease, and we need have, and the disease is overspending, the the province going broke, and nobody wants to take that bitter pill. He's the bitter pill that makes everybody better. But until they get better, they don't appreciate a guy like him. Not that I'm overly fond of any politician, but these. These politicians should be blamed for the huge crowd and the problems we have. Do not hold these kind of events downtown where people need to get to hospitals, they need to get to work, there's banks, there's courts. Shame on them to do that. They even asked people to come out. Do these kind of events and do these kind of, uh, all of these huge events, take them out of the the, uh, border of, of downtown Toronto, take them up somewhere in North Toronto, let everybody go there where there's room, where it does doesn't impede people that have important business, health care, uh, and, uh, and law to take care of. This is pathetic, and they should be ashamed of themselves. Mr. Tory and the Prime Minister, and even, I'm sorry, Mr. Ford, should be ashamed of themselves to put on this kind of show. All right, listen, Joan, Toronto. I got your point. Uh, obviously, you know, <laughs> there are some. I thought it was all about happy, happy, joy, joy, and the euphoria of the moment. Uh, Not for Joan, but that's all right. That's what we trade and traffic in, opinion. And certainly people expressed theirs when it came to Premier Ford being introduced. John, I'll give you a last word, then we get to our panel. What were your thoughts or your takeaway from today? Hey, thanks for taking my call. I agree with the last caller, and we can't sugarcoat and say that this was a great event and it was just a couple bad apples. That was a potential for a dangerous situation to happen. I got there at like 8 a.m. with my daughter and my son. We were waiting till 12, and then to be three and a half hours late, people were hot, people were tired, there was no food, there was no water, there was no music going on, there was nothing going on at Nathan Phillips Square, and that was an absolute disaster, and we should blame whoever 
put that on should be held accountable. And they got to organize things a lot better. I know it's a big event and there's a lot going on, but you got walkie-talkies, cell phones. You speak to each other. You tell whoever's driving or whoever's doing that parade, you got to move it along and get people there. Forget about the shooting. Even without the shooting, God forbid that. And, and even if that didn't happen, it was a terrible event. Kids were hot, tired. People were sitting down. There was no drink. Yeah, they should have done it somewhere else where people could fit. There was potential there for fight. There was a lot of people drinking. There was, uh, oh, you could smell a lot of marijuana there as well. It was not well organized. And when you keep people waiting three and a half hours too long past the situ- past when it should have gone, th- th- of course something's going to happen. I'm surprised more things didn't happen. It was really poorly organized. It wasn't just a few bad apples. It should have been a nice event, but they just delayed it way too long. John, I appreciate your weighing in. I know I kept you on hold, and uh, so I apologize for that. It hasn't been a good day for John, nor Joan before that. Uh, But we'll see what our panel has to say. We'll bring it up. Topics worthy of discussion. Perhaps these are the things that, you know, uh, the takeaway. We learn our lessons from something that otherwise was uh, certainly positioned as a momentous occasion here in the city of Toronto, and by extension for the country. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.